You're listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast, bringing you the best of geek from week to week. Join your hosts, Dion and Quinny, and the occasional special guest as they talk movies, TV, gaming, toys, comics, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Miles. Watch it, asshole. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a hero. But instead, I grew up to be a nobody. Another schism. 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 Schism picked random weirdos and made them fight to the death. And the internet loved it. Nick wins. Yeah, hey, Nick. I love you. Hello. And welcome to the Periodic Table of Awesome. My name is Dion. That got a little bit very quickly, didn't it? Yeah, it's, I know. It's just like, well, I don't really know. My, my pacing's all off now. I could start again. It's like, hello. Welcome to the... No, that's, that's, that's more... I, I, I've just realised that I'm it's, never the only other one here. Yes. So I feel a bit weird. We're doing the akimbo thing. <laughs> Because you're a podcaster on one side and I am a podcaster on the other side. Ah. And hence that makes it really synergistic <laughs> for uh, Guns Akimbo. But hello. Feel like we're reaching. Ha- yes, I know. I, I feel like this whole film is reaching. But uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yes, hello. My name is Dion and I'm joined by the lovely Peter. Yes. And today we are going to be having a look at the. 2019 originally, but really 2020 release, uh, Daniel Radcliffe vehicle? Uh, yeah, something that might might vehicle? shoot him to fame. I, I don't think we'd Maybe. say vehicle. I just don't. Yeah, I was I was kind Prize. of excited for this one. You guys, you yeah. guys posted the trailer a couple of months ago, and I thought that looks like fun. Yeah, look, I'm 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 into a weird Daniel Radcliffe turn personally. It's it's guns akimbo. <laughs> And I mean, uh, Guns Akimbo, which was uh, famously well shot sort of to, to stardom by the uh, press shot. I remember that one very specifically during the production and the filming of it is like, here is Daniel Radcliffe looking terrible, holding what looks to be two pistols in a uh, dressing gown and big, weird, stupid slippers. Which... And- Seems like the perfect Daniel Radcliffe vehicle, and everyone was like, "I don't know what the fuck that is, but I'm in because Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> is looking weird." And ever since Harry Potter, whatever he does is kind of you know fun. Uh, yeah, he makes some fun choices. Some of them are a bit disturbing. Some of them are hilarious. But you know, it's nice to you know, it's, it's kind of fun to watch someone who's like, "I can do anything." Yeah, I I, so I was having that conversation about um, Daniel Radcliffe going, "Okay, so imagine you're a child." actor or someone who grew up uh, with enough money now to not actually have to worry about doing anything so that allows him for the freedom to just do anything which is actually quite wonderful like I like that Daniel Radcliffe was like yeah so Harry Potter's a thing but I'm also going to just do whatever the hell I want because I can. And he can, and he does, you know, interesting things. He, he does indie movies, he does serious movies, yeah. he does comedy television, he does West End, just finished Endgame with Alan Cummings in, yeah. in London. Famously broke his Harry Potter uh, cherry, as it were, with <laughs> Equus. Yeah. Him naked on stage with a horse, that was <laughs> that was the big selling point of that. But that's brave, even for like a child actor who's, who's gone through. It's like, Harry Potter? Ooh. Hello. And to be honest, it's kind of worked. I, I don't really look at Radcliffe and see Potter anymore. No. I mean, I liked uh, I liked his uh, some of his earlier choices. I think the first one that I really respected from him was Horns. Do you remember Horns? Yes. 
Yeah, that one was uh, a few years ago now. And then he also does some other weird shit like um, Swiss Army Man. Yeah, you know, I didn't end up seeing that because I thought the corpse thing would weird me out. But it's uh, not really a corpse. But anyway, yeah, like and um, that he, has a long scene of, you know, him riding on a corpse fighting through the ocean. Like, <laughs> how can done, you not love it? He's done television. I've really enjoyed A Young Doctor's Notebook and other stories with John Hamm. That's sure. a very kind of disturbing little piece. I like um, him he's in, in Miracle Workers at the moment, which is a lovely little... Absurdist, uh, absurdist ensemble piece that's on yeah. stand at the moment. It's, just, it's funny. Yeah. It's, right. yeah. And then, you know. Then you get something like this. <laughs> which is, oh, I don't know. That sounds that sounds a little bit too hard. Anyway, okay. Let, oh, me, let, me, let me read okay. the synopsis for Guns Akimbo. Miles is stuck in a dead-end job, still in love with his ex-girlfriend, Nova. Unbeknownst to him, a gang called Schism is running a deadly competition within his city in which complete strangers fight to the death for the entertainment of an online audience of millions. Miles finds himself caught up in a deadly game and forced to fight in a battle to the death. Initially, Miles' lifetime of running from his problems pays off as he manages to elude his first opponent, but when Nova is kidnapped, he must finally stop running and overcome his fears to fight for the girl he loves. Which I find... Absolutely wrong <laughs> and actually not correct, even though it kind of is correct, but also it's referenced in the film that that is not the story that we're talking about here. Yeah. But to be fair, I don't think there is a story. I mean, in does Guns it matter once, like, you know? No. <laughs> okay, the first thing is, you know, if you feel like you've already seen this movie, um, you have. You have. <laughs> <laughs> you may have seen a movie called Nerve with Dave Franco in it that is very sure. similar you premise. You may have seen Wanted, which has, a again, a similar premise. You may have seen Dead Poet Society, which I think has <laughs> similar themes of overcoming your personal trials and learning to find your inner lion. Uh, but I think that one of the, the most... Uh, referred to films, I think, is Crank. Now, did you ever see Crank? I don't know. Like, remind me. Jason Stratham. That's how I call him, Jason Stratham. Because he's always jumping to the side with two guns, especially (laughs) on the transporter, you know. With the the adrenaline and the heart thing. Yeah, Yeah. I was in the room while my dad watched that movie. My dad (laughs) loves that shit. great time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then Crank 2, High Voltage. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Okay, Crank is actually, I feel, one of those films that surpassed the uh, idiocy of the premise. Like, in that sense, you, like, Crank, is, Crank is all about, you know, having to keep your adrenaline up or you're going to die. And the way that they shot and did that was just to go balls to the wall and keep this person going. And that's what I think they were going for in Guns Akimbo. But whether or not they even got there... Did they get anywhere? I well, mean, that's I mean, the which, question. Which isn't film it? did they want to be in well, this one? And and that's the big problem. It's it's a frustrating one to watch, particularly when you actually really do enjoy Daniel Radcliffe as an actor. <laughs> yes. um, that that there are ingredients here to make a really fun film, um, but they're not quite put together. Well, it's kind of no. like there are like ingredients for a hummingbird cake, which is an amazing, wonderful thing. And there are ingredients for a lasagna, which is also <laughs> an incredible thing. But they put them all in the same pot. And that 
generally is ill-advised. I, I, I like the baking metaphor. It's, it's fine. It, it yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. know what it wants to be. It doesn't know what kind of funny it wants to be. Some characters yeah. are doing fast. Other characters are playing it straight. Yeah. There are lots of American accents going on and no American actors, which is a oh, that's, thing. That's a, I, oh, that's delicious. And I, I, I want to return to that a little bit later, <laughs> especially when we talk about accents. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. This one is, it starts itself off as trying to persuade, like, is this is this supposed to be a fun movie that we just jump in with and we go through? And then you're right. Some characters are playing this straight edge and other people are playing this as though they got a completely different script. Full farce, um, like, like, you know, yeah. like Australian weeknight television farce. Like yeah, it, it, or like, you know, it's like someone explained, okay, you're like this from Mad Max and this other person is, okay, you're a really sad story that we're going to follow in the background and it's like... And it's really tropey as well. Like, you know, obviously Mad Max is a, is a big influence on the design of some of the characters True. but not in a... Clever way, in, yeah. There's look, a lot that could be clever about this that isn't like the entire. It, it likes to think it's really clever. It like, thinks it's clever. Yeah, I mean the 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 social commentary. Like uh, this is the thing that I look at. I go, it it purports to be a wry satire and even a meta satire on this. You know, here you're talking about characters who live in an online digital world and they're telling that they're, they're. You look at them and they. Are presented in such a way where uh, they think they're cool because they're, you know, online and they they're they're you know fighting against trolls and they're being cool, but they're actually really nerdy. But then they're self aware of this. But then is that because this is purporting to be? Yeah, it's, it's and a the mess. big bad it's is all about giving them the content that they want at Absolutely. any cost. Absolutely, like who, Ooh, who is, what could we be talking about there? Yeah, and I mean, this is the thing: is like, it, was this person the bad guy, or were you the bad guy all along for watching it? And it's which like, is something that Nerve actually did manage to do much better, even sure. though it wasn't a better film. Sure, I mean, <laughs> another one like that is Gamer. Did you ever see Gamer? I never saw Gamer with uh, All Right Big Man. Um, oh, I forgot him, Leonidas from uh, uh, Three Hundred. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Butler. There we go. Got it eventually. Um, yeah, Jerry Butler, who was uh, the, pr- the premise of Gamer is you uh, you have ex-cons who get basically jacked, uh, like cyber jacked by um, not, well, kind of like the ex-cons, but they're cyber jacked by players who actually play them. So I feel it's like real... I've been in my room with my dad watching this one as well. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's real people, real deaths and stuff, but the gamers are the people controlling them. And yeah, yeah, it's kind of like oh, it's it's it's, it's it takes it back to remember those old older movies as well, which is like Fortress or um, uh, uh, Running Man, even mm-hmm. you know back to that one, which is like humans want to see blood sport. That's the premise of, of this, and in Guns of Kimbo, it's the same. Oh, yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, There's your, your current update, yeah. Battle Royale, all of those <laughs> sort of things. It's like humans want to see Bloodsport, and the masses want to watch it, and we got to give them what they want. And while they're trying to make that out in this one, I think to be satire and fun, and isn't this cool? Throwing dick jokes at a wall and seeing what sticks is <laughs> probably not your best bet. That's my. There's, there's my. The dick that's, jokes are some of the best ones. If we're going to be honest about it, true. Um. But I mean, there were a lot of them, and not all of them stuck. Like I will give that. To, I'll give it to it. Like Samara Weaving's character, um, Nix, when she gets ramped up, and you learn a little bit more about her. I liked her, but also 
I at no point should I have. She was never presented as a sympathetic character. Well, uh, yeah, I feel like Samara Weaving did a very good job with very bad material uh, in that the character was completely one-dimensional and was given a predictable second dimension that doesn't really do much. Um, I think... (laughs) That second dimension was kind of like, oh, we forgot to to tick off a trope. Um, quick, just throw it so in there. Tropey. Throw it in so here. Tropey. Throw it in here. Oh, it's it's in between the second and third act. Yeah, just jab it in there. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, I actually, you know, I enjoyed some aspects of her performance a lot. Um, but I liked her grill. Yep. Yeah. That's, I like okay, her, that's a production her design. Vampire um, teeth grill and the heart sunglasses. Paired with a fascinating minigun backpack. Like, sure. that to me was great. The rest of it was kind of like, eh. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I digress. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's a bit like that. It's a bit like that. It's, it, it, it's, it's not a good film. Look, but it could have been a good film, and that makes not good films more frustrating to me because I'm like, I could have had so much fun, yeah. but I didn't. And I, I should have. And somebody paid money for this, so... I I wanted to have a good time with it. I really wanted to have a good time. I thought the trailer was like, yeah, and there, I'm and in. there's bits in there that genuinely uh, are on the verge of like, oh, this is going to be this is going to take a turn to a lot of fun or playing with it. But I think uh, in the end, by the time I got to the end, I was like, God, really? Like this is how you're gonna go. Yeah. All right. Um, it seems like it's like, yeah. Again, tropey. It's like tropey. I, I, do, I okay. Got to give it a little bit of credit for flipping a couple of tropes. Not exactly in a masterful way, but it's like, oh, at least it didn't do that. At least, they and at least them. it yeah, pointed right. out that that would have been the tropiest thing for them to do. Yeah. Um. But yeah. <laughs> Didn't turn the whole film around, unfortunately. No, and I mean, look, uh, Guns of Kimbo uh, got released in 2019, but that was at a film festival stuff, and then it's just been released in January, I believe, in Australia. And uh, now, like, we're in that weird quasi space between it's already been out, and then it's going to probably come out on DVD. And I think that's probably or oh, DVD. God, oh, jeez, I'm getting old. What decade are you oh, in? Oh, god, jeez, because it's on my Betamax. Um, uh, well, it should be able to be seen. I think this is where it kind of lives. Yeah, I watched it and I went, it's uh, in a on a big screen. I'm like, eh, I'm not really that sure. But on the smaller screen or on the home screen, I think it, it finds it finds a home. Really, I mean, sure. I, if I had been, if I'd chucked this on Netflix at home um, for some entertainment and hadn't been watching it with you for the purpose of watching it, yes. I probably wouldn't have got past the first two scenes. Um, I wouldn't have got past the first two words of Daniel Radcliffe's American accent because. <laughs> Something just made him much less adorable. But then you got to Grant Bowler. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Accents. Do you want to talk about accents? But like just, okay, here's what bugs me. (laughs) Here's what bugs me about accent. This is obviously a a, a Kiwi film um, production company. Many different. With a um, lot of New Zealand and Australian actors, a couple of Brits. A many-pronged uh, front on this because you got to admit this one is a German, American, New Zealand co-production that was shot in both Munich and Auckland, 
featuring specifically non-American actors doing American accents. But why? Like, it's an indie film. You're not going to go mainstream with this film. You're not going to go mainstream with a film where guns get bolted to Daniel Radcliffe's hands. So why not just let people have their accents? Why, like... (laughs) I understand having to appeal to a broad American audience with an American accent, but this was not going to do that. So why, 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 why such a variety of yeah, terrible accents and trying to sliding f- around all over the place? Look, it was kind of fun watching them slide. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's points in there where you're like, oh, I'm not sure if you dropped like half the, that phrase, like half those sentences were in in, in Australian, like a, a, yeah, it's Grant, a weird Australian. Um, and, the, and the rest of them, you're kind of like, oh. But also, like, it, it, given given the time to shine for some of those characters, like, especially Grant Bell is, uh, you know, a policeman thing. Like, he only has like five lines in the entire film. Yeah, and he um, really pushes them. And yeah, most of that time you're like, where are you from? Like, I don't believe <laughs> that you're American. Like, and what a police department wears a shirt that he looks like, he kind of reminds me of, uh, you know what, he reminds me of the uh, the old trans, do you ever see transmorphers? No. Okay, so you know Asylum? The production house? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You with me now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Asylum made a uh, a knockoff of Transformers <laughs> called Transmorphers, <laughs> which managed to come out before the release of Michael Bay's Transformers. Oh, no. And one of the most movies I distinctly remember, I watched it, just, just pure curiosity. But they managed to get Bruce Boxleitner. Now, do you know who Bruce Boxleitner is? Not a clue. Uh, well, I know him mostly from Babylon 5. He plays Commander Sheridan, but also he was on like a lot of daytime soap TV stuff. But Bruce Boxleitner is kind of like your leading man light kind of version. But what I absolutely loved about that is that they must have only been able to afford Bruce Boxleitner for one day. <laughs> and... <laughs> And they have given him a uniform because he's playing a police officer. They, you know, and every and like I, I absolutely love their their sort of balls that they must have had, which is like here is a uniform. It is literally a police uniform, but he doesn't have any of the police accoutrements. So it is just a police shirt and a pair of slacks and a pair of black shoes. There's no badge, there's no epaulets, there's no radio, there's no gun, there's no nothing else. And he just steps out of like a white hired sedan car. Like, just out of a sedan. Not not anything else. (laughs) But the funny thing is, is that Bruce Boxleitner is wearing that same outfit in the entire movie and then the movie spans like four days or something. (laughs) But you can just see that he's basically shot it in series like here he is outside stepping out of a car here he is going into a building here he is in the dark of the building at the end of the day and they've literally shot his scenes for the one day they must have got him now to bring that back to Grant Bowler that's what it felt like here like he turned up in his clothes and they went perfect now you're a cop (laughs) here's your gun (laughs) here's your badge (laughs) go (laughs) Like, all right, hold up. We're just going to paint a squib. And then, thanks, Grant. (laughs) You're American. Uh, How, like, do you want to do another take on that? No, no, it's good, mate. (laughs) We're fine. We're fine. We can't afford it. Yeah. Does that that explain it? it Which is... That feel? 
it's unfair to this film to compare it to Transmorphers. Transmorphers is a complete waste of time. Um, you know, that's where that's going. Guns Akimbo actually has uh, a whole bunch of uh, interesting pedigree. It's got like you know decent actors, mm-hmm. pretty good special effects. Yep, special Borders. effects. Some of the action sequences were fun, interesting yep, absolutely. ways to shoot them. Yeah, uh, I found some or like a majority of the camera work nauseating as fuck, <laughs> but not as bad as Cloverfield. <laughs> but sometimes it just had that same feeling. Yeah, it's like, but the difference I think is Cloverfield, that there's a story reason for the camera work to be like that. Yeah, true. <laughs> In this one, it just feels like, oh, I reckon I can do a rotating pull shot here. It's like, why? Yeah. You didn't need to. They could have easily made a story reason for it to be like that, given that there's a story reason for cameras to be there that are in the story. Absolutely. Uh, but lo- that's not I- what I was love, happening. Yeah, I love that because this is, uh, as we're talking about, Schism is a uh, an online... What is it? It's like not Reddit, but it's like something you have to log into or something you, you subscribe. Like a YouTube do, channel or something. But it's not because they're not running any ads. This is the thing that kind of like there's some <laughs> literal logic bombing to this entire thing that I was having. And here's Schism the thing. Is a like website if you're which having enough fun, the, the logic holes don't matter. Yeah. They, yeah. But the Schism is a website where it is, it's, it's live streaming murder. Yeah. You, you can watch it. Everyone seems to watch it mm-hmm. and you are allowed to log in as a guest, which means you can watch it for free. How they make any money is never explained because they don't make any money except that they're really popular and it's all about views. But views don't pay the bills. And that's the only thing that I've kind of looked at this too. I mean, guns don't cost $2. Bribing police officers or government agencies to not hunt you down because you're basically an international terrorist organization costs money. Um, (laughs) But maybe they're just banner ads that we're not seeing in the movie. (laughs) Maybe that was the point that they could have done, which is like every country that we release is a specifically (laughs) geotagged. Banner ads. Maybe we just weren't seeing them because we're in Australia and they don't do it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I, there, there were a lot of logic holes. Um, there are a lot of logic holes. So, so the other idea with this schism thing is it's produced. There is like people sitting in a control room yeah. and there are drone cameras and they're like, they're producing it like a reality show, which, oof, that's, you know, are they making a comment about the kind of content <laughs> that we produce for people to... Are they? I, maybe. Um, Except I, I... Well, okay. I I liked in, in that, to take that, that little one, I like the fact that there is a creative director <laughs> who fucking hates everyone and doesn't give a shit and is surrounded by literal faceless goons because that's how they see them as they're... Or like all the people who are actually working in the background to do stuff uh, have masks on <laughs> and that's their job is just to sit there, shut up and do whatever they've been told. But also, you know, that's you've, you've, you work in productions. You know how things work. <laughs> in order to present, to present that broadcast, it would be staggeringly painful. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the logic holes for me from the like the first few shots of the show was like, but how? But how are they going to keep track of this person <laughs> with a drone that has a flight time of 20 minutes? But where are all of those shots coming from? Where are all of these cameras? <laughs> yes. And, and and those kinds of logic holes just keep going. Like, 
where is Nyx getting that gun from? Where are all of these weapons coming from? How is <laughs> it that she's one? so good at shooting in that sequence, but not when she's shooting at Daniel Radcliffe? No. How, yeah, how, good, how could she use a semi-automatic rifle in a confined space and it's all kind of fine, but, you know, one bullet from a handgun... 500 metres away hits its target. And and this is where they, they don't oh. know what they're trying to be because, you know, there's a scene in the beginning where Radcliffe fires a gun and makes a comment about, you know, how it's different firing a gun in real life to in the movies. But that's then they great. don't go with it. He accidentally shoots the one of the guns that's bolted to his hands for reasons that I gave you in the... <laughs> The synopsis for some reason. Um, also, he's not bleeding out from those hands, and he can still move his fingers. Like that's that's yeah, not how tendons work. How hands work. Yeah, it's not well, how. It's but not then again, we're watching it. Yeah, we're we're watching a movie. Yes, but um, yeah, he, he accidentally shoots off a handgun in close proximity and then throws up immediately. And I'm like, yeah, when you're not expecting it and the shock of everything and everything like that, you might and hungover as he was, he might have thrown up. So that'd be an interesting take. Um, if if you you know if if the take was hey this is how things would happen in real life, but that's not the take at all. No, well um, that's the take for about ten seconds, yeah, and then it immediately goes back to yeah, but we want to see people shoot guns. <laughs> I want to see I want to see people fucking shit up and shoot shooting guns. And I like like you know for for all those things too, where there are logic problems, there there are some good points to to this mm-hmm. that I quite like. I got one real good laugh. Um, yes, so did I. Which one was yours? Uh, that selfie moment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. If if you've ever seen... Uh, I reckon Daniel Radcliffe would have been sold on the movie just for that scene alone. I think Daniel Radcliffe came up with that moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, can I get a selfie with you? Sure. And then just walks off. Like, that's, <laughs> that is peak Radcliffe. Like, he's just wanted to do that forever. But yeah, that one actually was quite funny but I was I was sort of going one, one of the really nice things was is that uh, Nix was never sexualized yeah which fitted in with the weird backstory well her character but that, that weird backstory oh she was in a mental asylum just, and then she broke out oh yes we and were, now she's a no her like, entire backstory is she's criminally insane whatever that means yeah whatever that means I try like uh, she's criminally insane but is also a master weapon which, Expert. you know, again, not knowing what it wants to be, that works in hand, Batman. Hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, well, like, that's wealth. Yeah. Wealth can buy you these things. Well, yeah, but but it works in a world that you have set up that is that, is that kind of dark, gothamy sure. world where your villain is criminally insane and that's the reason. Uh, if you haven't set up that world, just kind of throwing out, oh, yeah, she's criminally insane, yeah. doesn't work as character set up. No, but there isn't a lot of characters set up in this. And again, we'll go back to the logic bombing where it's like, where are the police? <laughs> like, like, this is like quite literally, you can log into a website to watch people hunting each other live, and the police have never thought, huh, maybe we should monitor that and just, and like, sting them every time and catch these people literally while they're on camera. Yeah. No, that yeah. would. But but you're right. You've, you've got to that. There is some credit to be given for the female characters not being sexualized, and for some yeah. of those um, guy gets a girl action movie tropes being turned just, over. Yeah, yeah, just turned around. I mean, and uh, and guy saves girl action movie tropes being a little bit, you know, flipped over. Um, so yeah. you know, there there are some credits to be given. 
Yeah, and, but I like. I always felt it was slightly frustrating because for all the credits that you gave it, it just managed to undercut itself in kind of the next scene, <laughs> in some other stupid way, like either a, a a a joke that was trying to be funny that just didn't land, or. Uh, some characters making decisions or things that just wouldn't happen. Like if, like if there's anything, this is the one thing that people should do. Like especially every director out there who's doing a fight scene. Uh, if you want to um, do a fight scene with a hammer, like a regular hammer, watch Old Boy. <laughs> Go watch the Korean Old Boy. That will show you how much damage you can do with a claw hammer, which is one guy taking on like fifty guys in a hallway. I haven't seen this and I don't haven't, think I want to. You? No, 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 I'm not going to voluntarily old, watch this. Old Boy is a tough watch. Not the remake with um, the Thanos uh, <laughs> <laughs> that they did, which is, which is a piece of piss. But uh, no, go and watch the... like. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough watch, I would say. Not for that scene in particular. I think the whole movie is a tough watch. Um, I think you would actually have more more trouble with the live octopus eating, but especially when it tries to crawl out of its mouth. But... <laughs> It's worth it. Like I say, go and watch that. But Clawhammer in a fight, definitely watch Old Boy as like, this is how you do a Clawhammer fight. Because this one was like, I mean, by the time it got to this in the movie, I was like, well, fine. Of course, they're going to hit each other in the face with hammers and then get up and be like, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, it, you, you, it, it tries and you want to like it. I know. I think I wanted to, but I mean, there was like you know the the whole. I'm I'm, I'm struggling with it because I don't know if it if it's a meta film, like if it's a positive meta, um, self reflective, self um, aware film that is trying to explain uh, the fact that we have a social media presence and we interact with it, even though we know that that is bad for us and makes us potentially less good human beings but we still continue to do it anyway or if it just kind of misses the point while it's trying to follow a funny narrative like i mean i liked um miles the daniel radcliffe's character's friend in the office who became a sympathetic character in the film but then uh, is it was is it commented on that you only like him because he is a separate character can be turned into a story I don't know. See, again, I'm getting myself confused. You're getting very meta with something that probably wasn't intended. See, to that's that the thing thing? that I don't I can't tell if it was intended intentional or not intentional because some of the character decisions, especially the uh, the schism lead guy with the tattoos or every whatever his name was, Richter. Um, cuz every time something like that happened as a director in the film, uh, like as the director of the content of the Schism website, he would always go, yes, that's great. What a great narrative thread to go, like a reality TV producer, yeah. which is like, I can use this. If this is something that um, people like and, and, are, and are moving towards, I can I can be nimble enough to move with it, which made me go, oh, interesting metatextual narrative that you're getting in there about social media and stuff. But then also it was very kind of, somewhat lame yeah because <laughs> again you're you're putting stuff out uh sometimes there was stuff on that was happening on screen that was just because you could it's like oh yeah. i'm gonna show likes and i'm gonna go a bit like the scott pilgrim i'm gonna go um you know i'm gonna try and include games and um uh social media likes and stuff in the film 
where it's used a little bit and then not again. Or I'm going to do overlays like it's a game and try and make this. And like sometimes it works when there's a consistent narrative. But because they shuffle between, um, you know, is this a hard uh, characterization narrative that we're going or just a fun explosion movie or is it a computer game comedy? You just didn't know. So every time it happened or didn't happen or it came back in, you're like, what? that come from and that's the thing this is there's there there are some very it was inconsistent in in terms well just in terms of everything i mean the computer game stuff was cool it was fun the the graphics the the sounds the fucking music which drove me insane but it was obviously (laughs) supposed to make you feel like you'd accidentally left your n64 on in the background and it was just repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating bad um video game music (laughs) Um, just throughout entire scenes. Uh, but I could see how, okay, that to me feels like a deliberate thing that's supposed to make us feel like we're in a video game. But why? Yeah. Because it didn't really match didn't anything serve. else. It like there were, it was just, there were cool stylistic things, or like during the Hammer fight. There were like yeah. some cool new graphics elements that we hadn't seen before. But why? Yeah. At, with you know, 15 minutes to go in the film, are we bringing in cool new stylistic elements that we haven't seen or, or before? ones that were like really back in the f- first five minutes of the film and then they come back in, you know, later. And this is, I think you're quite, you're quite right in there. It's like, is this a comedy? Is this a, so, uh, a commentary? Like, is it, is it a comedy? Is it a commentary? It's a commentary or is about it, trolls and... Or and is it just shooting I think it's just shooting. Honestly, I, I think it's just shooting. My, my first impression in the first 10 minutes was this is trying to be clever and it's not. So I yeah. am inclined to say this is not a clever film. This is a film that is very much like an online troll trying to be clever uh, and yeah, just a like that. missing a bit. It's, um, like a, it's, it's like a meme lord film. I mean, we have it. So it's writer-director. Yes. Um, so, you know, there, again, there, there can be kind of some elements maybe of being quite close to the material, which is maybe why there are – it feels a bit inconsistent and all over the yeah. place. Yeah, well, it's Jason, Jason Lee Howden. And I just – I also kind of feel like if it was like the, the, the elements of fast that were in there, um, which – were quite funny and they, they did feel kind of very like New Zealand independent film. Yeah. I would have just preferred to see like a Kiwi action comedy rather yeah. than something that's trying to be like a straight American yeah. um, thing. And I think if it had gone all the way that way, I would have been like, this is fun as shit. But because yeah. it tried to pull too far into mainstream American having a, a grand message – yeah, have, trying to be a, a, a commentary on the the on, on a humanity that hasn't quite got to where the point the place is yet. Yeah, because it's sort of set current day. Like it doesn't actually well, it doesn't actually place itself in any sort of time period specifically. But all of the technology, but is. all the technology is there, and it's kind of like no, I'm pretty sure that if a website popped up that was literally just about getting. XCOM, like they threw that narrative straight out the door. They were like, yeah. XCOM, we pick XCOMs to murder each other and then throw that completely out the window by yeah. getting a criminally insane person and a random person who is who who is just a troll, like yeah. an online troll to and it's like that's not even that's not even the point. Like, is that the point of schism? What is the point of schism? Is the skin of schism just anarchy, you know? 
Um, um, what do you feel like, you know, you, when you when you finish watching the film, did you think, ah, <laughs> oh, now I have like a, a feeling about something in the world? No. No. There was, you know, there, there was no kind of thesis that tied everything together at the end except for like a mild uh, people being assholes online maybe isn't great. I mean, the only question I think that this film really answered for me is what does Daniel Radcliffe's, Radcliffe's um, prosthetic cock look like? Like, you know, <laughs> I know what Mark Wahlberg's one looks like thanks to Boogie Nights and now I finally know what his fake penis looks like uh, in Guns Akimbo. Mm, I'm really concerned about his hydration level as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Again, you know, uh, also, how, how is he so good at cardio, uh, even though he's asthmatic and drinks and he eats pizza and drinks a six pack of beer a night, yet still looks like he's just able to bust out, what is it, running nine blocks or uh, outrun the police? It is a film with more questions than answers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not all of them are questions you thought you'd be answering or you'd be asking yourself while you're watching this? Not all of them are questions the film actually wanted you to ask. No, no. But still, the questions do remain and the answers are slightly there or not there. <laughs> oh. Look, I would say if it's coming out on a streaming service near you and you kind of want to throw something on for a little bit of fun and you're interested, sure. I certainly wouldn't say don't watch it. And, and there are some really fun moments. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of, a couple of fun bits. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't see, I'm, I'm not going to advocate for it to go out and like, you've got to see this film. It has so no. much important things to say. The messages are so great. I'm like, ah, no, that's not really what this film is. Maybe just watch the trailer a few times. Cause yeah. You know, what's the most entertaining bits? Uh, yeah, the music doesn't actually do it too many favours. I think, as you said, by the time the, the music keynotes kept rolling around, I was like, oh, yeah. don't really give a shit about this anymore. <laughs> it's not the catchiest song. But hey, you'll get there. Okay, quick. Um, I don't think we're going to go into a spoilery town on all of this sort of stuff, but uh, give me your quick rating and, uh, and that's about it, really. Oh, I love that. I know. I mean, I don't want to say too much about it. Like, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about putting a number on it. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Give between uh, zero and 100. Mm. How fast does it go? 57. 57. 57. That's low for me. That, that's, that's quite low for me. No, that's look, I mean, honestly, I would go 50 uh, 50 yeah. just for me because. Look, I always appreciate that people got the thing made and yeah. like these things take a lot of oh, work. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. And, and 50 would sound low, but it's not actually because I, I, I honestly think that there is a good film in, in there. Yeah. It's just it never quite got. Yeah. There are some great ingredients. I think it kept, kept getting distracted. Yeah. About what, what kind of film it was. Yeah. Uh, if, if they had just stuck through it and been like, okay, I'm just going to make a really silly shooter. Oh, there's there's another example. Do you ever see the one Shoot 'em Up? Nah. With Clive Owen. No. Oh, maybe. Yeah, ages ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Shoot 'em Up is, 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 that was like a noir gunfight movie, uh, which was funny. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. 
Well, that's not really that's not really a shooting movie. That's well, just more of a, it's a, a crime it's a kind satirical noiry thing yeah. that, that keeps the same kind of comedy running the entire way through, very consistently. Whereas this one is like, as soon as you like, you you want like I don't understand. They present Miles as a character you, you want you feel sorry for or sort of sad for, and then they put him in a situation that you want to um, be sympathetic to him because he doesn't like. But I never think he feels panicked enough, or I never really felt like he was in peril enough to actually you know turn over that way and go why do i give a shit about him like this guy miles is is a guy who hates his job okay check box no tick box here you know it works for a game company where he has an asshole boss oh, fuck that's just another one it works in a cubicle farm kind of thing fine yes everyone does that um he's not a particularly bad dude fine um but he still has unrequited love it's like fuck sake you know stop doing this same <laughs> pigeonhole bullshit um and then eventually, by the end of it, he has a metamorphosis into, you know, a hard-ass bastard because everyone just needs to believe in themselves, really, uh, <laughs> and maybe get shot a few times. But, you know, that that kind of thing is, is, is bullshit. And it didn't quite understand that, that that whole, like, set of stuff was bullshit. Yeah, the anyway. character set up, character development, it just, it just doesn't work the way you, you would want it doesn't work the way a good film works. I'm going to give it 63. Oh, you've upped? You, yeah. You've upped your... What, what, uh, what No, I said I was going the 50-50, but I was going to give it 63. I, I actually started at like 75 and then I've been deducting <laughs> things. Actually, like, it's like, oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that thing too. And, oh, and the final fight is kind of interesting, sort of, but not... I mean, you see stuff telegraphed and, like a mile away like and some really interesting stylistic ideas it just wasn't cohesive that's all yeah um shot like shot really like shot and framed in such a way some of the fight scenes were quite interesting yeah like and you know technically i couldn't shoot a fight scene like that so why am i complaining yeah absolutely (laughs) um but then also why is that mixed with comedy is a drama is it supposed to be this way like it's like and if it's comedy what kind of comedy is it yeah is it satire is it farce is it i just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The blender uh, probably, you know, if you're chucking everything into the blender, you're like, I don't know what mix this is going to be. Sometimes it tastes amazing, and other times it's like, oh, it's fine. Put your cake mix in with lasagna. <laughs> it's just, it's never. They're they're great on their own. They don't taste good together. Perfect. There we go. So I think that actually, what is it? You got fifty-seven. Yeah. And I did sixty-three. So yep. that's what's fifty-seven and sixty-three. Sixty. <laughs> it's just sixty. Six. It's fine. It's middle of the road. Like it's a bit of a shame. I'm always interested to see what Daniel Radcliffe does next. And of course, Samara Weaving uh, is having just come off. Um, the other one that we reviewed a little while ago, which was the not the Knives Out one. Um, oh God, we just <laughs> reviewed it, and I feel terrible. Um, I I wasn't. I don't think I was on that one. No, no, that was the the one where she was the she married into the family. What was it? Ready or not? That's right. Which was actually that's actually quite fun. Actually, I think if you went there and oh, look, I liked her, her go, performance, so I, I would seek out did that other Samara Weaver before Guns Akimbo, which is kind of cool but then she's got Bill and Ted's coming out and also you know Snake Eyes so that should be interesting um, and I think everyone else in there is quite good it's nice to see Grant Bowler again hey Grant yeah. <laughs> it's great oh dear alright uh, I think that's about it that's been that's been fun it's yeah, interesting yeah, Guns Akimbo Guns just left me a little little hollow <laughs> 
Anyway, um, yes, please uh, email us, uh, send in requests, tell us what you would like us to talk about. Uh, I know that. Tell us if you loved Guns of Kimber and were yes, really wrong. Yes, and Daniel Radcliffe can never put anything wrong. And even though I did like Horns, it's still not the greatest film. Uh, you should see Swiss Army Man. Uh, I, I, if you're listening I, to this, I, I do plan to. And you're in the Gold Coast, uh, head along to Supernova and say hi to Quinny and Beck and Jill. They're all there. Maybe bring Tom Hanks some flowers. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. Potentially. I won't be speaking to them for the uh, two-week quarantine period after they get back from the Gold Coast. But, you know, we'll see how we go. <sighs> Thank you for joining me, Peter. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, excellent. <laughs> you can listen to the Peter Table of Awesome. I wouldn't do that if I was you. You'll just end up blowing your damn face off. Then you'll still be depressed. Even more depressed, probably, because of your fucked up face. Thanks for listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast. If you have questions, please email info at theperiodictableofawesome.com. Find us on our website, www.theperiodictableofawesome.com, where there's links to our iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time, stay awesome.